You see, with a little bit of patience and a little bit of faith, we were all rewarded. Igor Shesterkin appears to be the Igor of old again, especially after he shut out the Flames on Tuesday night at MSG. The 2-0 victory extended the Rangers' winning streak to five in a row now, and it could have come at better timing as the boys roll into MetLife Stadium against the Islanders on Sunday for their Stadium Series matchup. We discussed the work that Igor did with Benny, and if he is fully back, we preview that Sunday matchup against the Islanders, and then we do some reminiscing about the Yankee Stadium Series that Brian played in, some of the drama that surrounded the Devils and the Rangers at that time. Larry Brooks also chimes in with his memories, too, so you're going to want to stay tuned for this. A lot of cool information that you may not have known. It's all coming up on this episode of the Up in the Blue Seats podcast from the New York Post, and it starts right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the podcast. The Rangers are rolling. Five-game winning streak. Things are feeling good. They're, we're keeping up the good vibes. Uh, we're here to talk about a bunch of different things, including good news. That is Igor, you know, looking like Igor of old following the 2 nothing victory against the Flames on Tuesday night. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the stadium series, but plenty to get into with the show today. So let's uh, kick it off. Of course, we are joined by New York Post great Larry Brooks and New York Ranger great. Brian Boyle, Molly Walker is on her all-star break this week, so she's going to re- fully recover from her time off, and uh, I'm sure she'll be back next week uh, offering up some awesome viewpoints from the stadium series coming up against the Isles this weekend. Uh, but fellas, glad to see everybody here today. Um, and like I mentioned, five in a row for the Rangers, looking good. Um, you know, they almost blew things against Chicago uh, over the weekend. Uh, thankfully held on uh, to that one. Um, but the big story in that game was Igor returning. And right off the bat, it looked a little shaky as, the, of course, the, you know, an early goal gets by him. And then, you know, people start to wonder, is this is he back? Is he good? Uh, they won the game, came out on Tuesday night. Igor started again, shut them out. Um, how are we feeling about Igor currently? I know it's it's early. He's coming off of work with Benny. But uh, we'll start with you, Brian. He's back. Like Igor? Yeah. He's back. Yeah, he's back. Great game against Calgary. That was a great goalie duel. It was. Markstrom's back, too. He's really back. Yeah. This is a Rangers podcast, so. Yeah, that's good. That's why I was, you know, that can be my boiler room today. All the Maniac fans, I love you, but you're nuts. Well, (laughs) well, what what Igor's game did the other night was quieted all the noise Mm -hmm. around this goalie situation. There is a, there's one goalie situation. It's whether Shesterkin's going to play well enough to get them to the, to, to the cup. That's it. You know, it's not who's their number one. When, when is he going to play? You can't take his temperature every single game. You, you know, you can't be weighing, you know, whether Igor is going to play the next game or not, if he gives up a goal or, or not. He's their number one goalie. He's their franchise goalie. That's the way they're built. And if, if he's not up to the task, they're not going to win anything. You know, it's so 
it's important for him to get into a rhythm, for him to play well, for him to be confident. Um, but I, I don't think, you know, I, you know, the, the noise outside has, has obscured the fact that the Rangers aren't making decisions day by day on who their number one goalie is. You know, they, you know, they have their number one goalie. And they have a, and they have a backup who's playing out of his mind, which which only benefits the situation that they they didn't have to rush Igor back in the second game because the backup goalie wasn't good enough. They could they they have the luxury of giving him time to work with Benny. And by the way, the Rangers did this with 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 Hank all the time. Yep. Um, it was partly because Hank was was wasn't very good coming off long breaks. But he he almost never played the first game back after a break, and sometimes the first two because he was working with um, Alaire. So uh, again, it 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 you know th- this is not this is a topic of conversation, but it's not really a, a relevant topic of conversation. I don't I don't. Think, no, I mean, that's why Benny gets the big bucks, baby. Yeah, uh, the NHL is hard. Playing goalie in the NHL is hard. Being an elite goalie in the NHL is nearly impossible, and he's shown it. So, look, he wasn't as good last year as he was the year before. Well, it's hard to do what he did two years ago every year, right? And I just think it's a one nothing game. He's trying to score a goal. It's pretty, like, he's got his little swagger back. Yeah, I, I thought he played with some swagger <laughs> the other night. Yeah. I, I agree. He thought he played with um, with swagger. Yeah. All right, so I can't I can't wait to see who, uh, who, who we're going to pick on next. Rangers fans, <laughs> first place Rangers. Who's I mean, the problem now? They are. You know what though? I have, I have to say that I have the feeling. I thought they played very well against Calgary. It was a Calgary really, was hot. The Calgary that. game was, like, yep. was a real good game. You know, they both played well. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, two good teams playing well. But but you know, and they played well against Tampa. Obviously, they played well against yeah. Colorado. Obviously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but sometimes I look at them again, and I have the same feeling that I had. In October and November and December, like they're good, but how good are they? You know, and they're winning these games, but are they good enough to win 16? And this is what I've talked about from the start of the year. That's how I measure them. It's not like, are they playing well in November? Yeah, they're playing great in November. Are they playing well in February? Yes, they're playing well in February. But is this team going to be able to play well enough in May? And and that's that's what I try and and that's the lens through through which I watch their games and their practices and their off days. Cause to me, it's, it's kind of like, we know they're a good team. They've been a good team for a while now. They've, they've been one of the better regular season teams in the league the last couple of years. They went to the conference finals two years ago. So obviously they're a good team, but are they good enough? And and that's all that anyone cares about. You know, it's been, it's been 30 years again. It's been 30 years after yeah. 54. So that's honestly what, what anyone cares about. It's like, are they going to be good enough to win 16 games in the playoffs? Let me ask you this, Larry. I think this is maybe concerning to the fans, and this is what concerned me. When you lose games where there's no emotion, mm-hmm. you don't really learn anything. You don't see any – you yeah. can't really really identify your weak spots. You can't really pin down what it is that we're missing. or Because throughout the lineup, there's been stretches of great play. And when they're engaged and they're emotional, they play well. And that's why, like, you can look at it a number of ways. I look at it like in the playoffs, they're going to be engaged, right? It's the playoffs. Well, it looked like they weren't against New Jersey last year, mm-hmm. how that thing kind of fell apart. Right. So that worries me a little bit. But you'd yeah. assume, like, hey, they're going to be buzzing for the playoffs. And 
that's what I expect. They have the ability to get up for games. Peter Laviolette has the ability to light a fire under them and make sure they're motivated. When they have that motivation, they're a really good team. And if they lose games but play well, you can see maybe where their deficiencies are. When there's no emotion or things aren't going well for a stretch of time like it was for five weeks, it just you see guys get back to the bench, they get back to the bench slow. They sit down, they sulk their shoulders. No one gets mad. No one tries to stir it up. And if one guy does, it's hard to you can't, it's impossible by yourself. So you need five, six, seven guys to have that. Yeah, all right, let's get it going. And then everyone kind of follows in. But that that's like when they're playing structure. But isn't, but isn't that isn't that a takeaway? That maybe that is. That's why I mean I'm saying give me some sandpaper on the on the bottom that, six that's, that's exactly really gonna play that. enough to bring everyone else into it. Like you don't have a choice. We're gonna fight tonight. Right. I think that's an evaluation of of their team. Uh, are they and 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 I would put this under the umbrella of are they hard enough to play against? Mm-hmm. You know, which, which there, there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah, yeah. But do they make it difficult on their opponent every night? Do they make it difficult on their opponent for sixty minutes? And I and I think in order to do that, you have to play with a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have you have to engage all night. And so and that's and that's always been the question: Are they are they hard enough to play against as a team? And I don't think they are. Um, can they elevate? Yes, can they? But I don't think on a day-by-day basis, they're a particularly difficult team to play against physically. And I think in the playoffs, that's that, that you know, the, the equation from talent to physicality flips or, you know, or it becomes, um, it, smooths, it smooths out. Where if you're a 70% talent team, you're not going to win. I just, right. I, don't, I don't think you're going to win. Um, if you're, you know, you need to get it more 50-50 where you can win on the nights where your talent guys are are being suppressed. Um, and that's what, that's what they're going to have to do. So then how does that change, though, essentially? Because, it, I mean... Well, there's a trade, there's a trade though, right? <laughs> right, this is true. But, I mean, isn't, it, it, isn't that part of the character in terms of, I mean, I don't want to put it all... Um, on loves, but I mean, is is that a sense where you got to know what buttons to push on your team in order to get that fire out of them to 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 make them a little stronger in that sense, or or is that a player's only thing where you know you have you know Truba and Cries and some of the leaders kind of tell the guys, hey, listen, we got to like toughen up here, or we got to you know take it to the next level. How how does that change, Brian, in, in the locker room? It's got to come from within each guy. I mean, you have to have that understanding that. You know, talent is great and I can work really hard, but then I don't know, finding a way to manufacture some adrenaline somehow, even if it's even if it's you poke the bear first. Mm. Now you have to now you have to fight back. You know, piss somebody else off. It might be tough and scary on a different team. There's not a lot of that now, but it's just a way to bring it in emotionally as understanding what's at stake. And everyone when when you all buy in and everyone understands every year the team changes. How much do you really care about one another and what you have this year? Because next year it's going to be different. It always is. There's different guys that leave. You don't know. There's different injuries that happen. If you have something good, everyone understands that. Everyone wants to get the most out of that season. Then you can figure out a way to, I don't know, I wouldn't say manufacture because it's an understanding, but getting them to understand, you know, the time is right now. It's not, we have some young players on good contracts. They're going to continue to develop. We have this guy signed for a while. We have this, he's only... 24 he's only 20 no it's now it's right now and doing it now like tomorrow now is what you know in their next game on thursday whenever i don't know how this is gonna come out maybe it comes out tomorrow but that's when you start you need to really have this as a 
this is how we play. This is our blueprint. It's like tying our skates. We're going to come and we're going to be mad. You're trying to take something from us. It's two points. We're not going to let you have it. We have a chip on our shoulder. There's a lot of talent. You have that too. It's like, look at Nate McKinnon. Look at what he plays with. Right. You know, you know, what's interesting to me about, about the Rangers here, they are, they're in first place. They've been there essentially all year. They're one of the, you know, top six, seven, eight teams in the league. Really none of their top guys are playing at their best. There's so much room for them to grow, you know, for them to mm-hmm. so much room for improvement at the top. Minus bread. As well as as well as in the bottom. But certainly at the top, I mean, you know, there the Zabanaj line rarely scores five on five. I mean, look, they they don't give up very much. So it's not like they're, you know, coming off the ice with their heads down, you know, after a minus, after a minus, after a minus. Um Kreider and Zabanajad actually have the best. Have, have you know have the best goals for against differential on the team, but but they they're not driving offense particularly, you know they're not scoring a lot of goals. The power play is is not scoring. Adam Fox is is having an okay year. He's having, you know he's 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 been fine, but he's not he's not having a Norris type season. Igor is not having a Vezina type season. No. So you look at their their players and and there's just so much for them to improve their their top end. And yet they're still in first place. So, I, I, but maybe they don't improve. Maybe this is, you know, maybe this is just a year for them. So you can look at it both ways. You can look at it, say, man, when Zibanejad gets going offensively, when when Adam picks up his game, when Igor is at his best, they're going to be unbeatable. Or you can say, these guys just, you know, if, if this is the way they're going to play, how can they win? So, you know, it's it's the it's it's the cup uh, half full and the cup uh 99% empty. Well, I mean, we're we're past the halfway mark of the season. So, should Ranger fans be looking at the team cup half full, cup half empty? I mean, the the half full part is, yeah, they're they're in first place. They they look like they're a lock for the playoffs. Anything can happen, obviously, so you don't want to say that. But there's reasons that you can look at both. And for instance, you know, I was looking at uh, Mika's numbers earlier and last 18 games, two goals and 10 assists. And it just feels like he's been extremely streaky this year. Um, Brett has carried a lot, a lot, a lot of the weight and fully deserving. He's having a fantastic year. But uh, the, the half empty part is, you know, the other guys aren't really stepping up. So I guess that's that's where I'm, I'm conflicted as a Ranger fan, where I want to believe that this team could turn it on and play to the back of their hockey cards, if you will, um, come playoff time. But, you know, are you half empty, half full on this team right now? Well, again, I'm 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 waiting until the trade deadline. I yeah, honestly, okay. I'm just waiting until you know see what their roster is coming out of the trade deadline. That's fair. You're, yeah. you're getting everything you can out of Troach too, and then you get yeah. a lot out of Cooley, getting a lot out of VC. And you can get more out of you can get more out of Goodrow, obviously. And there's the way he plays is a certain way. I think come playoff time, that guy's going to be a factor. Mm-hmm. I just think that there's guys that are going to elevate, and Meek has been sort of streaky throughout his career. So you just kind of hope. He elevates too. If he does, though, like who's beating him? Who's beating him in the first two rounds? Like we'll see whoever comes out of the Atlantic, and then that'll be you know maybe. I mean, Carolina's can be good. They're hard to play against, so that's kind of why you want to build up that you know you want to callous your brain a little bit and understand that for forty minutes of a game in the playoffs, it's going to be ugly and you're going to get nothing. And you just think you just needs one shift, and you, and that's a that's a condition you have to put yourself into. It'll be interesting, and it's going to start. Um, I mean. 
next week is going to be a very interesting week in my mind because they play the Canadians up first and then we go to Yankee Stadium and uh, not Yankee Stadium, MetLife Stadium this time around and they'll be facing the Islanders for the first time this year, which is wild to me that uh, it, it's taken this long to face the Isles. Um, it's, it's, I mean, I get why the NHL does it. They they want to create the drama down the stretch, especially with uh, your rivalries, but um, it, 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 it'll be interesting to see because the Islanders aren't great currently at the moment. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see what that'll be like. But if you look past the stadium series game, you got the Isles, then you got the Devils, and then you got the Flyers. Um, so again, more teams in the division where the majors kind of have to take advantage and they can really start to pile on the points here and uh, kind of take off. Um, Larry, I know you've been around the team uh, recently. What's what's the mood feeling like going into the stadium series game? Because um, obviously a lot of fans are looking forward to it. Are the players kind of talking about it? Are they preparing differently? What, uh, what have you been hearing? Well, it came up today at practice, um, but I, I don't think it's a, you know, I, I think they're pretty good at, at keeping keeping the, the next game in front of them as their focus, and they still have another game to go mm-hmm. um, against Montreal, uh, who they've had a lot of trouble with over yeah. the last few years. And they, they do. They have, a, they have a lot of trouble scoring against Montembeau. Um, Montreal seems to, you know, seems to be flying around against them. So I don't think they're particularly thinking about Sunday when they have a game on Thursday. I don't, um, you know, the, 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 uh, outdoor games I've been around, I've, I, I covered the four Ranger games. I also covered the original one in Edmonton in 2003 against Montreal, which was just a blast. I mean, the old timers game that day was, was the feature because you had the dynasty, everybody from the dynasty was playing for both dynasties. Lafleur, Robinson, Shutt, you know, I, you know, Savard, you know, they were playing for Montreal. Gretzky, Messier, who was an active Ranger, played in the alumni game. Crazy, or you know, wow. uh, you know. So that was the that was the kick. I mean, watching these guys because at that point, uh, two thousand three, there hadn't been a lot of Legends games. There, you know, this had yeah. never been done before. So it was the Saturday afternoon they played the you know the legends game the you know the two dynasties and then Saturday night they played the uh the game between Montreal and and uh the Oilers which was just frigid it, it was it was cold um but I love I, I listen I think all the players enjoy it you know maybe the you know playing in the game isn't you know isn't particularly enjoyable but i think the build-up is you skate on the you know you skate with your family you know i i think the nhl does its special events really well yeah um, i agree they do it for the, the you know it it translates for the fans i think it translates for the players um so i'm, I'm sure when when once thursday night is passed they they skate there on on friday afternoon practice um so i'll be um you know i'm you know every everybody enjoys it everybody looks forward to it do you have any um, any special lead-ups going into? I know we talked about the uh, the Winter Classic, but uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about your time playing in the Yankee Stadium series, Brian. Um, do you remember the lead-up going into those games? If there was anything, any, I mean, the team was in a very different position than they were, you know, currently now. And um, but was anything put into your guys' heads like leading into that series with the uh, Devils and Islanders? Yeah, we were. I mean, we were a good team. We were. I think we we were building back towards where we wanted to be. We had a coaching change, but you know, you get new gear, new jerseys, new <laughs> swag. We'd done it, you know, recently before that we played in the uh, winter classic in Philly. So it was another chance for people to come in having it in New York, even though we were the visiting team was really cool and having people train up 
um, to Yankee Stadium was really, really cool. Seeing them afterwards and then going back to the city and getting to spend some time with friends and family, the, the ones that got, the ones that missed the uh, Philly one, mm. you know, in the year before. So it was, but then it was like two games in a row. You know, the second one was cold. It was kind of like, let's get back inside here a little bit. Right. <laughs> well, we won them both, you know? You did? Right. You didn't You didn't practice the second time outside. You just yeah, you went really. for the one practice before the Devils game and <laughs> yeah, we're um, didn't, didn't, have, didn't, didn't need the, the second outdoor practice. But because then you yeah, think the about the logistics. The game in Philly was a great game. That was. Great yeah. game. That was wild. There was a lot that went on in that game that was really cool. It was fun. Really but, fun. Let's especially let's, especially the fact that the NHL and NBC tried to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to shoot out her overtime pretty badly. How much did Torch get fined for that one? So it's like, you know, I, I don't know if there's <laughs> seemed like there might have been something going on with NBC and the league. It's like, oh, and so he gets fined, and the it's next a day, phantom yeah, penalty it, shot. It was. I mean, listen, they called a penalty shot with like twenty. It was seconds. a phantom call. That was ridiculous. <laughs> And there were there were there were some calls made in the final ten minutes of that game that were outrageous, just outrageous. questionable. I was and, mad, and, but I was like, I'm going to play a lot. This is cool to kill these penalties, but like, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fixed. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> it's funny because th- th- this was actually a conversation I had with another uh, fan um, of the Rangers, and we were talking about the four outdoor games. And mind you, who started all four of those? Henrik Lundqvist. Undefeated four and zero. We were kind of ranking like where those games um, kind of fell between the two Yankee Stadium ones, the Philly game, and then the one uh, at City Field against the uh, the Sabers. And it's just uh, the other three just all lack in comparison to um, the Philly game. And it's just like I I know like the shootout manufactured it felt manufactured that they were trying to make that drama. But um, I'm I'm just curious like do do you guys think the outdoor games is, is starting to the novelty is wearing off a little bit because um, I mean th- there's still very much excitement and uh, the Winter Classics back at at Wrigley next year. But um, are there oh, any look. other places you'd you'd rather see than like an outdoor stadium like that? Well, oh, the novelty well. is worn off, but but fans tons love of fun, it. yeah, and it, fans love it. You know, it, it may not yeah. have the national, you know, it, it may not have the you know make the the national imprint that it did at the start, but who cares? I mean, you know, you bring it. Fans love it. It's great for the, you know, for the city that's hosting it. I, I mm-hmm. mean, I, I don't think they, you know, you can do one every couple of years, I think. In certain cities, I mean, you, you know, you're not going to have trouble selling tickets in New York if if they do this every two or three years. Um, I do think it's a little more special when it is the Winter Classic, though, because it's Agreed, standard. Yeah. Yes, um, definitely agree. It's, you know, it's a little it's a little more special, but um you know the sunday afternoon game when 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 the rangers played the devils it, at the stadium fans right you know we're having a great time it, it's um um the, the funny part about the last one they played at at city field against buffalo they won in overtime mm-hmm. it turned out to be the high point of their season because they were going along you know on their normal you know this is a team you know that had, had success for the five or six years before and they were going on and, you know, they were kind of, you know, I think they were 21 and 13 and whatever ties after or not ties, shootout losses or overtime losses. And then they started to lose. And a month later, the team was the team was ended. You know, it, it like the letter came out and um, but the, the winter class of victory against Buffalo 
was the high point of that season. It was freezing that day. Too. It was it was it was cold that day. I was say I was at that game too, and and I I couldn't watch the end of like the second period. I, I had to go inside and stand because it was it was mm-hmm. brutal. I just remember that day just being rough. But uh, like, well, wait, just, hold on, City like the field press box is kind of underneath. It's back. Yeah. It's back, and there are windows that you know that are either you can open or they're closed and i don't love it during the baseball season i would rather be you know outside open yes and, agree. Know, mm-hmm. but it worked pretty well on january 2nd <laughs> you're you not know. complaining about I mean, windows being closed then no <laughs> it was pretty good that day no i was Pick just saying right. that, that that philly one was that was the first one for the rangers right so then yep. you had the 24 7 in the build up and yeah you can't do that no every year there was a lot that went into that there was a lot of like players sacrificing it and we again listen i wouldn't change a thing it was awesome it was so much fun even that whole thing we really built that thing up and and yeah it's kind of a tick down on these stadium series and it's try to spread it around so everyone can play outdoors for their for their fans and whatnot so i love it it's like an all-star game where people come out kids love it they get they sell a bunch of merch yeah um you know i've got to work at this year in seattle i was freezing and it wasn't even that cold but i'm soft and I brought home a bunch of swag for my kids, and they wear it all the time. They love it. So it's uh, it's a really cool thing that they do. I think, dare I say that that it's 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 better than the All Star Game because it's it's an actual game. Well, it's it a means, real, yeah, right, on. exactly. But but I mean, you know, depends I on what think, you're looking for, right? I get the appeal in both. You could see the stars, you know, at the All Star Game, but um, nothing matches game like intensity. Uh, well, Larry, that was actually a great segment because or great uh, transition because we're going to go into the next segment where I'm talking about uh, those two Yankee Stadium series games um, and then there was some drama going on there especially uh, with the captain at the time Ryan Callahan so we're going to get into that coming up next on the podcast shout outs always uh, always nice Chesty was was amazing tonight back on the up in the blue seats podcast and yeah the theme this week is uh, we're talking about the stadium series big game against the Islanders at Yankee Stadium on Sunday three o'clock Hopefully the sun's not affecting things. I know we've had that problem a couple of times with these outdoor games, uh, but we're going to reminisce about the Yankee Stadium series where the Rangers uh, defeated the Devils on the first game and then defeated the Islanders, which is what we hope the same result is this Sunday. Uh, that first game, Brian, um, I, I, and both both games had different storylines into it. And I'm just curious what you recall, Larry, same thing, what, what, what you know, the buildup. Um, the Devils game, I remember uh, that they this was Martin Brodeur's kind of like transition into, you know, his right. he's taking the backups role and whatnot. Um, and they started him in that game and you guys went down big, uh, but then came back and I believe you sent him to the bench. Um, what do you remember about that Devils game? Anything come to mind specifically? I remember Corey Schneider coming in cold in an outdoor game, having to face Derek Stepan on a penalty shot <laughs> and steps snapped one. Bar down cheese and i was just like Oof. and i could be wrong i remembered Corey being their number one like i'm like why won't they give him the net and i know why they wouldn't give him the right. net but they should have given him the net and they didn't and then then they did <laughs> and it was like i think it was a seven three finish it was yeah, yeah. and i just remember i remember uh what else do i remember hitting volchenkov who i could had a hard time knocking over in my career and i just really wanted to i really wanted to get him and I got him. I got a penalty for it. Did you really like an interference penalty? This guy like was impossible to knock over. He was a refrigerator. Yeah. He looked like he was kind of half concussed half the time he played, but he uh I oh man, I was the best. I was right by our bench too. The boys loved it. And then they're like, two minutes. I was like, 
what? Yeah. But anyways, that was fun. I, I love that. That's what I remembered. I didn't remember apparently that I don't even really remember the Islanders game that much. I just think like we played them no matter where we played them. They could have been, you know, they stunk most of the time and they played us so hard. And that was like the beginning of that, that energy line that they still kind of can trot out now if they want to with Sezekis, Clutterbuck. Actually, I don't know if Clutterbuck was there. I think he was, but they had Sezekis and Martin just running around and causing all sorts of problems. But it was always high intensity, high emotion, and then we took it outside. And I just remember winning, being in the locker room after, checking out the stadium, seeing where everybody kind of did their thing, visiting Clubhouse, all that, whatnot. We can say Clubhouse on this podcast, Andrew. Thanks. Appreciate um, it. I, I always loved, I loved that stuff because I love baseball and I love, you know, just being in different places. It was uh, knowing full well, like knowing that this was special and different, mm-hmm. trying to take it all in. Well, I, I would, I would have been interested to see if, if you were in the uh, Yankees. Yeah. Our road team. Who we would have taken the- Jeter's spot? Who would, you know, who would have. Who would have taken Mariano's spot? You know, that would that would I would have put a folding chair up sat by myself somewhere <laughs> outside. Yeah. Like the visit the visiting clubhouses, you know, are are pretty generic or perfect. There. I loved it. Yeah, they're they're pretty generic. But yeah, no, the Brodeur was the storyline going into the game mm. because you're you're right. He was kind of transitioning. Schneider had kind of taken over the number one spot. But they thought it would be disrespectful to have Marty sit. And I actually um I I agree. I I, I yeah. think they I I mean I think you and and I don't, you know, Marty was embarrassed by it. I know he thought, mm-hmm. look, if I don't I don't I don't want to be trotted out there like an ornament, you know. <laughs> but still, you're playing outdoors for the first time. You know, it's the first time in in Franchise history, you're playing you're playing at Yankee Stadium against the Rangers. You're not sitting Brodeur on the bench. You're not. And and he, you know, he uh doubles went up three one, I know, and and then you know, you you I think he scored four or five in the second four period. Unanswered goals. You guys yeah. lit him up. Yeah. And <laughs> and never was a was there a more miserable person on the bench than Brodeur in the third period. Um but yeah. Never happened. Corey Snyder, Corey Snyder facing a penalty shot. <laughs> it's like after uh, sitting in sitting in the cold three hours. Yeah, hop in, bud. Yeah, he laughs about it now. It's pretty. Yeah, and and the uh, and the Islander game was was kind of just, you know, it, it was you know it came like it, it played Sunday afternoon, and then the Islander game was Wednesday. You, you know, there was no break in the routine. You just mm-hmm. skated at home, and and really the the storyline going into that game, the second game was the contract um, negotiations that were breaking down with, with Callahan. And uh, it was coming up to the point, you know, the trade deadline was maybe a month away and it was time for either Callahan to sign an extension or not. And I remember that's what I, you know, Callahan talked the, the morning of the um, Islander game. And and there was, a you know, that that's, that's when you got a real sense that it wasn't going to work out. I, I remember thinking, you know, all year, come on, it's Ryan Callahan. Us too. Yeah. I mean, come on. I, you know, Us too, yeah. Of course he's going to sign. Of course. He, but then you saw as the year went on, you know, Vigneault didn't value him the same way that the Torts had before. He wasn't even on, you know, a lot of nights he wasn't even on the second power play. So, you, you know, you could, you could see things begin to shift. But I remember it was in that stretch between the outdoor games where I thought, you know what, 
I, I don't I don't I don't think he's staying. I don't think he's going to stay. When did Girardi sign? Very the, Girardi reached the agreement before that a week right? or so before the deadline, and he oh, was he out did. there too. Yeah, and that, so but you know I this is my memory and it, I could be wrong, but I believe he got his deal with trade protection, and they just wouldn't offer it to Cali at that's all. Right. Nothing. No, that's right. That's right. And Kelly's like, what? What's to say you're not just going to ship me out anyway? And right. and not not at that point as when he would he would not really tell us he wouldn't really bring us into it, which is why you know he's so well revered. The way he handled everything in terms of as a teammate was phenomenal. But that's why. And then he finally right. said, you know, because we don't know if it's numbers, we don't know anything. We're not, and we're not going to be like, hey, what what are they giving you? <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like it'll work out. And he's dealing with enough, so let's not bug him. He's like, they just won't give me even a no trade, nothing, like nothing. And I was like, that's kind of not not the way they want. I mean, they, they don't well, really want you. They don't well, really want you. Right. That's it, like well, it was, it was, right. It was instructive because they gave out no trades like yeah. like his. I mean, honestly, I mean, oh, you want a no trade? No trade for you. Yeah. No trade for you. No trade for you. And then Ryan Callahan, <laughs> sorry. Right. That guy. No, no trade the captain, for you. The captain of the no, team. They, no, there was, yeah, you, you can't sign, a, you know, the, I, I I I got it. I got it from kind of both sides, mm-hmm. but it, it was it was an interesting place to draw the line. That's all. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was just a very interesting case study. But but again, I I think and I, and I and and this is just my you know conjecture. I think that if Torts had still been there, I think they would have given him because Torts would have said, "Hey, listen, this is this is, you know this is a go to guy for me. This it's a heartbeat. Guy. Yeah." We need him. We need him. And I just don't think that AV, you know, had had that kind of um, had that kind of evaluation of him as a, as a player. So I don't know. It, but but I you know I remember I remember thinking that there were there were two guys who I I, I were actually three as as it went along that I was surprised didn't stay longer. One was was Callahan. I thought he would kind of finish. Mm-hmm. Um. The other, the other was um, was Step. I always thought, like from the first day, he he. I remember seeing him like, like in, a, in a development camp or something, and I thought that I was. I I thought that he was going to be, if not the next captain, then the captain after. I thought he was going to be a captain in the New York Rangers. I saw him staying for a long time, and also McDonough. You know, the, McDonough you know, blew my mind. Yeah, you sure. told me that Ryan McDonough. Was going to be gone my mind. by 2018. I, I I wouldn't have believed you. Um, you know, but things happen. Um, things happen. Oh, they were worried about his next contract. But Callahan, like, that was always that, that was always that was also the thing with JT Miller too, right? We don't want to pay him on his next contract. We don't pay him. But here's here's the crazy part about it. This is who you've invested in and drafted, right? These guys you brought up, and this is what they did for a while. Well, you know what? And then. And then when a free agent came, it was overpayment, and you wouldn't you'd nickel and dime the guys that are sitting there every day. That was the issue. And, and you know, the players knew that. Yeah. Or or they felt that. Whether it's true or not, that's exactly what we thought, and that's what I, I still think. I don't well, that, think they're doing that now. I'm saying that I still yeah. think that's what happened then. That and is then, what happened. Yeah. And it's kind of like guys signed deals that were below market value to stay. That's how – and that's, again, that's – we might not have been on paper the most talented team, but we got a lot out of those, right. you know, those three four years because it was well, about all of us. Well, it, it, what's what's fascinating is when you take a look at all of the younger 
forwards who, who you know who came up who were drafted that cries is the only guy yeah. who made it like to the third or fourth contract mm. it was the only guy who made it past oh. you know like dubinsky didn't uh callahan didn't step and you know, did you know you know already you know you just you know player after player and it was chris Kreider. is you know chris Kreider is the one who made it through who made Pretty it in the 30s none of them played into their 30s none of them made it to yeah, the that's age true. not without drama too though with cries like that last deal he signed it was like is he staying are they trading right. or is he staying right. Right. and they well, were in a different place they were at a different place then yeah they were in a different place but man he also was he had a great like six weeks leading up to the to the yeah. deadline when he signed he did he did i mean and I, I remember you know um getting uh getting texts at night from from an agent with dollar signs, <laughs> dollar signs <laughs> on it after after he scored two goals um but really th they had to make the decision then whether they were going to keep Kreider or brady shea they weren't going to be able to fit them both under the cap yeah. next year so they were going to have to move one of them at the deadline and they wound up moving uh brady well, thankfully, at least we don't have that kind of drama. I feel like going into this stadium series, uh, plenty of trade talk drama will happen later on. Uh, we hope that the Rangers do come out with another victory like you guys did, Brian. And it's going to note here on the podcast, Brian had two points in that stadium series. So good on you, Brian. Uh, well, you know what, Larry? Lighten it, it up, you know, just, just <laughs> you guys lit up Marty, which, you know. Love to see that. Uh, Larry, we appreciate you coming on as always this week. Thanks for the insight. Thanks for the talk. And uh, we'll talk next week, all right? Sounds good. And now it's time for your boiling point for the week. And now it's time for the boiling point. Brian, what's boiling your point this week? Uh, all right. Well, <clears throat> for some reason, we didn't, the kids didn't have school on Monday. And they do some auction to raise money for the school. Uh, it's a very small Catholic school my kids go to. I actually went there, and it's a great thing. But one of the auction items was pick your day off for the whole school, and this family bought it for the day after the Super Bowl, which I get. But they have, like, February break next week. So then, so then, at, like, 3 p.m. that day that they're not in school, they canceled school for the next day because of a storm. I don't want to really go that hard on the meteorologists and the weather people, but, like, if your bosses are telling you to make it scarier than it is, I hope we don't meet up in a dark alley at any point. Okay. For the clowns that are canceling school, like what happened to the excitement of waking up? Like I didn't do my homework last night. I hope, I hope they cancel school. Whatever happened to that? It's gone. You're robbing these kids of that excitement. All these instant dopamine with their video games and their, I sound like a 90 year old, but like give them something to like, hope for wish for it's like hey we're having lunch it's like go outside because i can't stand you right now going crazy in my house because we don't have school for no reason and then i get like the text from the alert system saying no school tomorrow what the hell are we doing we live in new england like everyone has four-wheel drive plan accordingly soft that's my boiling point for the week great game boys so next time i will be closer to the net and I 
And that'll put a bow on episode 144 of Up in the Blue Seats, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Before we get out of here, let's get dish out some stars. Brian, just you and me this week, so uh, I'm going to let you go first. All right, well, let's go with Igor drowning out the noise, having a little break, getting back to his center. It's, uh, it'll be interesting to see who we pick on next, Rangers fans. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, it is good to see. He's solid, rock solid. So a little swag back in his game. You like to see the swag. That's important. And that actually ties very well into my second star. I'm going to give it to Benny. Ben Wallera, again, with his work with Igor and his work with Quickie earlier in the season. This guy, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I want to see a banner in the garden <laughs> with Benny's name on it, or at least a plaque somewhere. I mean, that the, the, the work that, that he's done with our goalies, uh, God bless him, man. It's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, the wizard. He, he is. He, 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 he gets all the credit that he deserves, but I feel like he should be getting so much more. Considering but look, important. how hard is it, really quick, how hard is it to have that kind of tenure in a place? Or any coach, especially yeah. when you're not the head, whatever. I mean, a new coach comes in, they bring their guys in. He's just, he's the guy. He's, he's the guy. He is. And and it, it kind of makes you wonder, like, like, why hasn't he been poached by anybody else? I mean, I, I, I get it. Oh, I'm no. Sure. No. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I won't let him leave. Good, good. That's, Give him a little more money. He earned it. <laughs> Plus, you're in New York City. Come on now. Where else are you going to go? Detroit? No. Third star, just just going to give it to Lobs. Rangers have won five in a row. Uh, steering the ship right. There was a lot of noise you know, prior to these five games. You know, what was going to happen with this team? And uh, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster. We're, we're, we're back on that, that that up dip. So I feel like Lobs deserves that, uh, that, that final star. Uh, all right. So we're going to close it out. As always, many thanks, Jake Brown, for producing the show. Catch up on all episodes of the podcast by subscribing to Double Blue Seats on Apple Pods. Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching this right now on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, comment below. Uh, are you excited for the stadium series? Or what was your favorite stadium series game? Are you in the likes of us and say the Phillies game or the Phillies, uh, the, the game in Philadelphia was, was the best one? I, I personally think it was, you know, you know, yeah, that the shootout BS. But uh, you can follow us all on Twitter. Uh, it's at BryBrowse22 and myself at Andrew Hearts without the E. Brian Boyle, Larry Brooks, I'm Andrew Hartz. Thanks for listening. As always, we will talk to you next week. Stay warm at the Stadium Series. If you're going out there, don't go getting cold and pneumonia or anything else. We hope to talk next week with the winning streak still intact. Later. Soft.